Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. This is on Second Thought, episode 313, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, as usual, joined by Taylor's favorite duck, Kirk Bowles. And we're reaching for Bastrop royalty today. Texas Longhorns are playing the Houston Cougars at 3 o'clock on Saturday in H-Town on Fox. And so we had to bring in our guy, Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle, longtime friend of the podcast, Joe D. What's poppin'? What's up, guys? You know, at some point, we're just going to do these, and we're, we're all going to be in the nursing home one day, and we're just going to do these Zooms. <laughs> that we're, we're all getting up there in age, and uh, but it, it's always good to see my guys from Austin. Uh, some of us... Sooner than others. Let me let, let me let me try that nursing home intro. On second thought episode <laughs> two thousand and seventy four, brought to you by Milks of Magnesia and the VFW Bingo Hall. I don't know my name and I don't know anyone else's name, but we're still rolling. There you I go. I gotta go take a nap. Yeah, and I have to remember <laughs> who are you guys again. So no, no, don't care. I think we're gonna be at a game this weekend though we are why don't you talk to us about those resurgent houston Q cougars who brought it with the hail mary donovan smith to stefan johnson 49 yards to take out the mountaineers what's the mood on that locker room now well you know dana hogerson joked that when he got home thursday night he had about 50 or 60 people at his house and i was like you know th- that may sound like a regular dana post game but uh <laughs> He said that the neighborhood, the parking wasn't, uh, there wasn't enough parking in the neighborhood. So uh, they haven't had a lot of that to, uh, to really celebrate this year said, you know, the, the, the rice game took a lot out of this program early on and it was the week before the TCU game. So there wasn't, you know, the excitement was there for the big 12, but people were, you know, sort of down after that game, but this is a program that needed that win and to see it, sort of the pendulum swing where you have an 11 point lead, then you blow it. They take the lead with 12 seconds left TV panned to Dana. And you could see a guy that was like, you know, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. You know, we're, we're, what do we do now? And then to see Donovan Smith go out there and, you know, the teams practice that play. We know that, but it just fell, literally fell into place and fell into the, the right guy's hands at the, at the right moment. But they, uh, they needed that win and three and three now, uh, there's still a chance, you know, they can still get to those six wins for a bowl. It's going to be tough, but uh, they certainly are uh, a lot better off this week right now than they were a week ago at this time. I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. I thought I thought Dana said he could go one and eleven as long as he beats Texas. You're talking about Rice and West Virginia games. I mean, they don't even matter. It's a one game season, right? 
Yeah, but you also remember Dana was the, you know, I don't know if we have the little pause button for uh, cuss words, but he was like, there's no effing hot seat. There's no blanking, blanking <laughs> buyout. There's no all that. But you I know, didn't it, like the it, way he talked to you that day. But for, I mean, he, Joe D, that was mean. That wasn't me. Who was it? I think was that was David Sam Ubbin? Khan from the I think it was Sam Khan from the Athletic. It was Sam. It was yeah. Sam. Sam Congato. That's right. It but, was. But Sam. no, you know, I mean, look, I mean, you guys have covered the Big Twelve long enough and knew Dana when he was, you know, an assistant to Tech in Oklahoma State. But you know, this is a guy that came in a lot of expectations. You don't leave a sitting Power Five job to go to a Group of Five without there being some type of plan. Now, twenty million dollars was was a good start for them uh, to get him, but. You know, once they got into the Big 12, you know, I think I think Dana knew that this was going to be a challenge and this was going to be tough. And five years in, Houston fans are still looking for, you know, that season. You know, they won 12 a couple of years ago against a schedule that eh, wasn't wasn't as tough. But, um, you know, he's got to They've got to get some consistency going. And, and right now there's the jury's still out on whether, you know, Dana's Dana's that person to take them there. Well, well, I mean, West Virginia, so he knows these big 12 streets. Yeah. He knew what he was getting into, and I don't blame Before him. For work here. Little, yes, for being a little feisty, but but imagine him at two and four come uh, having to play the Longhorns. Surely, uh, as a 22-point dog, the expectations aren't high that, that they're going to get it done, but I'd, I'd rather be two and four going in at three. I mean, I'd rather be a 22 point dog going in at three and three than two and four. So even if they lose, he could still get to a bowl game. So maybe a little bit of the pressure's off of Dana for now. They've got Baylor and Cincinnati. Those are two games that you, you got to think, even though one's on the road, they have a chance. And then the last two, Oklahoma State and UCF. You know, I'd probably flip a coin on on one of those. So, yeah, there there's a shot. The, Vegas, I think, had them at four or five wins to begin the year, Cedric. So, uh, you know, they're about what we thought right now. You know, th- but they have been inconsistent in, in a lot of areas. But you know, this was this was not going to be. This is no longer the Conference USA and American Athletic Conference that they've been in for the the last thirty years. And you know, you got to you got to remember there the, there's some bad blood between these schools. Uh, probably more from Houston side. I don't think Texas really has cared much or thought much about Houston in the past. But, uh, you know, Dana, this this August, uh, he was at his radio show and uh, a fan asked him about, hey, the Big 12 is not what we thought it would be since Texas is leaving. A&M less, left a decade ago. And Dana said, screw them. That was his, those were his words. He said, screw those teams. Oh, yeah. uh, he basically mm-hmm. said uh, they didn't want us and we don't want them. And <laughs> so, you know, maybe there's a little bit to that. But uh it's something that uh, it certainly was brought up in his press conference this week. Well, I'm looking on the video. I don't see any elephants in the room, but we know they're there. So point blank, Joe, is he on the hot seat? Is Tillman Fertitta dissatisfied, unhappy to the point where he'd be willing to make a change if it goes sideways this year? Yeah, Kirk, uh, you know, more people I talk to uh, – the West Virginia game didn't change the whole big picture, but I, I think, you know, kind of an 11th hour reprieve, maybe it is, you get a little bit of a cushion or you get a little bit more space that you're not as hot as it was because it would have been an inferno at that point. But I, I still think that the, the way this plays out will will, will be, go a long way to determining what, what happens. If, if they go four and eight, mm-hmm. uh, that means they just win one more. You know, I could see it. I could see a change. Now the hold up, 
you know, they don't they don't roll in money like they do in Austin. And, you know, you got to dig for those quarters and pennies in the sofa cushions uh, here. Uh, 14 million is a lot of money. And mm-hmm. is that a matter of does does Tillman Fertitta write that check? You know, they, they gave this guy an extension a couple of years ago based off of the one good season and the fact that they were getting into the Big 12. That was in his contract. So long, long answer. I, I think that there there could be and there, there probably should be some 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 heat on it. And if they do, you know, they're they're looking for another head coach after five years. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's just not the recipe that they, I mean, they've they've lost coaches to other schools. Now they're having to fire them for not not producing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, those 50 to 60 people that showed up at his house, they were already there. They just left the for sale sign um, signs in, open house. in their cars and they were listening on the radio. And it just turned into a great celebration because I mean, his head was on a slab until that play. You know it was. You know it was. Well, talk to us about Donovan Smith. I mean, uh, and that's a familiar uh, opponent for the Longhorns. Um how has he changed his game up? 21 of 27, 253 yards. Um, we know he can use his feet, but he's doing it a little bit with his arm in that game. Um, how is he different than when he was when he was playing in the Big 12? Well, well you know, you, you alluded to them last year. He he leads Texas Tech to the win against the Longhorns. And, you know, even then, though, it wasn't his job. This, this time he's not looking over his shoulder. He's the guy here. You know, there's not a quarterback controversy. He's not having to to wonder if you know, they're going to go and, and change out quarterbacks. And and you can see that. He's comfortable. Early in the year, I think he was still feeling his way through some stuff, whether it was uh, getting a rapport with the receivers or, or just, just learning the system. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the last game, he completed his last 16 passes. You know, we talked to him on on Tuesday, and he said that he felt like he was in a zone. And, and you can see that growth. I, I think his completion percentage is about a little over 70% the last few games. Um, you know, he's not throwing interceptions. He's making good decisions. And you're right. He is that, that big body type of, of uh, quarterback that you can do things with him in the running game. Now, if you ask some Houston fans, they don't use him in the right situations because Houston has just been bad in fourth and short and third and short situations where they don't try to just use that big body to gain that yard and they go different directions. But this offense has evolved with him you know that second half against rice where they really showed what they could do uh was a big step and then the following week against tcu in the first half they they do practically any nothing so they've sort of had to balance the the uh, how they brought along the offense but i think what you've seen from houston the last couple of weeks and donovan smith is what they had hoped for and envisioned when they got him from lubbock because that was a big get they needed a quarterback to replace clayton toon but do they do they design many runs for him, Joe? Like you know, Dylan Gabriel went for over a hundred yards against Texas. Not, not too much by design. A lot of scrambles and leaking out uh, when uh, pass receivers were covered. So do they design many runs for Donovan Smith? There are some. Dana, you know, Dana likes the RPO stuff, so they they sort of have the the ability to do different things based on you know what they see or if the line. You know, I I really think that Donovan has a little bit more say and, and and when once he gets up there and then looks at things but you know i don't know the percentage kirk but but they yeah. they have early on and, and maybe it's like those scripted plays early on that they do try to get him involved uh in the word their design runs but the way he's passing these days and the fact that he's got some really good receivers that have emerged uh and some of them with you know big 12 backgrounds uh this is an offense that has shown 
the ability to put up some points. Now, does that happen this weekend? I you know, that's that's the the the, the tough question because of the challenge that Texas uh, presents. But you know, Donovan Smith has uh, he has certainly uh, improved the last few weeks. What is this fan base? Uh, are, are they are they? You know, I know old people like us remember the Southwest Conference and how how Houston was was left outside the door when the Big Twelve was formed, and so we know that the older fans are are chomping at the bit to to try and get a little piece of Texas flesh. But what what's the mood like with these with these other fans that weren't around for that, and for these players in particular? Uh, who don't? I don't really think they care about the history. What's what's their mood like? Yeah, I don't think it's so much the history as it's just it's Texas. You know, you don't have to be a certain age to know what the Longhorns are, what they represent. You know that that logo on the helmet. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the SEC. I mean, I get you guys back for a year, and then you just bolt to the SEC. So you know, it's not it's, personal. You know, it's not personal. It's not personal. Okay. Okay. It's, but it's but not, you know that, it's I mean, not us. It's it, it's not me. It's you. I mean, we feel like we're holding you back, Houston. Well, <laughs> I, I waited. I waited what twenty years to get back into the Big Twelve. So, um, but you know, I don't think it's the age. I just I just think it's Texas. And you know, if if you lived in Florida and you're Central Florida, well, you know it's Florida State or Miami. I mean, there's there's always that that one program, and I, I think it's magnified that the fact that Texas hasn't been back here in twenty one years. You know, they tried to work out an agreement when the Tom Herman buyout stuff. And uh, they said, no, we'll just write you the check. We don't want to play home and home in football or men's right. basketball. Then you think about bleacher gate, you know, the last time Texas fans were here, they were stuck in Hoffines pavilion because of the, the, the bleachers weren't deemed safe. So there's a lot of that for the old Houston. folks that remember yeah, new ones. They just want to go out there. If you're a Houston fan and you're, you know, 20 years old or something, you just want to go out there and beat Texas. That That's all it is. Yeah, and this is a sellout. Do you expect it to be half full of long? No, I think it's, I think it's be sixty percent, sixty to sixty five percent would be my guess. Wow! wow. I, th- I think I think people are are using this as a payday <laughs> if you have season tickets. <laughs> you know, you sell them, you get some money. Uh, I'm not mad at them. No, <laughs> I'm not mad at them. I mean, this is. I mean, this was the game on the schedule. This one was circled. Uh, they knew it would money. be a sellout. Uh, some of the other games haven't. You know, the TCU game was thirty six, I believe. Um, but yeah, this this one will be interesting because that's you know there's a difference be- between playing at NRG and having seventy thousand people there, and you know fifty of it is going to be Texas fans mm-hmm. on your on campus stadium at home. That's not a good look, but I mean it just comes with the territory. If you're Texas and you travel and you pay, you know they fill up a lot of stadiums, not just this one. How do they how have they drawn this year, Jody? Um, scan versus butts in the seat have, have you can tell the difference. I think they had like 32 for West Virginia, but it looked probably closer to 21, 22. So, um, and that was a Thursday night game. And then other games, you know, they've had Sam Houston, so that one's hard to, to gauge. But you know, the TCU one was a good atmosphere. UTSA, that's when they brought out the Love You Blue jerseys. That was right? cool. That was those really were nice. Cool. Those were very nice. nice. Uh, so they should have saved they, that for Texas. I'm sorry. They should have saved that. Yeah, they. Well, I guess, I guess you try to hype up a certain. There's this game doesn't need any hype for if you're yeah. a if you're a Houston marketing department. So they just kind of paid. Plus the 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 fun fact on that guys, Rice had literally had those jerseys in a box in their office at the school. Houston found out about them, so they wanted to beat Rice to the punch and get their oh. Oilers jerseys out before Rice did. 
That's oh, why they did it early in the year, just so that they could say, we rolled these out before you guys did. Uh, How did that work uh, out for Houston? Well, exactly. We got the jerseys out. You get the win. They probably take the win instead of the jerseys. Yeah. One thing I noticed is that, you know, Houston ranks, what is it, like ninth in the country in turnover margin. They're, they're a plus good. seven. Really good. Right. And uh, I think they've had four games with zero turnovers. So they protect the ball pretty well, don't they? Yeah, it was clean ball, and, and, you know, that's surprising because in the backfield, you know, they have a freshman running back, Parker yeah, Jenkins. Yeah, Parker Jenkins. He's been real uh, real good with the ball. And and the, the big problem on that, Kirk, is until last week, they hadn't uh, produced points off that turnover. I think they had only had like two touchdowns off of all those turnovers. So oh, oh they, man, they that's bad. That. But they've got some, you know, their, their defense for as many problems as they have, They've been much better this year at having big moments that kill drives, you know, end zone interceptions, that kind of stuff. And it's sort of been able to change the game. Now, the offense doesn't do its part, but at least it it, it gave them, you know, one drive where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Texas Tech didn't score or something like that. But, you know, you're right, though. It, it has been a big improvement. And, that, and that's something that this goes back several years. Houston's usually been good at. Um, and this is just, you know, another one of those years. Here's the thing yeah. I got to ask you. I mean, well, we're in the middle of the of the ALCS, and and the, the Houston Astros are struggling to keep their season alive. And that's we talked about this um, on Monday. This is a you live in a pro town, Joe D, but this is a this is a pretty big college football game. And uh, even given what's going on, I know the the Rockets are are in the preseason, and oh. and and that's going on. There's still a pretty palpable buzz, I would suspect, in the city because it's Texas coming into town. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah. I mean, look at what what is the I think Houston's got to be one of the largest Texas fan base or alumni bases. Oh yeah, in the country. So I mean, you yeah. look at that. You know, the the game day experience around here has improved a lot since they joined the Big Twelve, where they, you know you'll see a lot more parties, tailgates, that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, I mean, this is. Ask Kelvin Sampson, how do you carve a, a cut of the pie in a pro city? And he's done that. He's got yes. the blueprint. You win. That's what you do. You go to Final Fours. You go to Sweet Sixteens. Football's not quite there yet. I will say Tom Herman did a uh, – I know you guys don't like to hear that name on this podcast. I love Tom Herman. <laughs> well, do, you, do you love him? <laughs> now that he's well, not in Austin, when, when I love Tom him. Tom was here in the whole H-Town trick, takeover, for this city, he was a great salesman. Could pitch it. You know, he could promote it, uh, and they haven't had that since since then. And yeah. I think now with the push for the Big 12, they're they're able to maybe start carving that out there. And, and it's really been fueled by basketball because there hasn't been a lot to to get behind with football. But if they can have a good season, whether it's, you know, next year or whatever, fans will come, and, and they, can, they can have their piece of the pie in this. But, I mean, I mean it's always going to be an Astros town. Texans, Rockets, stuff like that. Did they did they up their season ticket sales with the Big Twelve and Texas they on the did. schedule? I don't know what number are they. they yeah, got. the um, they they did something smart. They I think they it was uh, the Texas game was sort of like an add on uh, in terms of how they they sold the the tickets, but I think they were at twenty seven thousand season tickets, which nice. it's a forty thousand seat stadium. Before that, good. even in the in their good day in in twenty sixteen and twenty fifteen. They were probably 23, 24. So this was an improvement. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they 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 had a, a really nice base to start with. 
and then the the individual tickets went pretty fast. This one was sold out about a week ago, and yesterday on Monday, the the student allotment allotment of about fifty five hundred went in a couple of hours. So um, there's mm. some buzz. And I know they got a bunch of portal. They got like what twelve transfer portal guys come in. And they it's also- 40, 42 newcomers completely. So not quite Dionish, but but up there. Yeah, up there. Uh, and they you know they do have a lot of portal guys. If if you look between Donovan Smith, Tony Mathis Jr. was the leading rusher at, at uh West Virginia last year. Uh the guy yeah. who caught the Hail Mary, Stefan Johnson, was at Oklahoma State. Stan Brown is one of the I think he's the Big 12's leading receiver right now. He was at West Virginia. So I mean, and Michael Laughlin's a tight end. He was at West Virginia. They got Tyler Johnson. He used to play, yeah. you know, reserve on the offensive line at Texas. He's starting left guard. So, uh, you know, they've got, you know, Pac-12, Big 12, uh, SEC guys. Uh, and, the, and a fun story, one of their their starting corners is right down the street at, at from Texas Southern. So he had the shortest transfer of, of <laughs> about three blocks of nice. any player in the nation. He didn't have year. to move. Isaiah Hamilton. So he, he literally told me he got on his little scooter. <laughs> transferred to Houston, so that was that was kind of a cool the scooter transfer. I love it. I love. It. You know what's interesting too is that you know, and Houston to me has always kind of belonged in the Big Twelve. Said and, and Joe, yeah. I just think you know a lot of history. You go back to the Bill Yeoman and run and shoot and John Jenkins and stuff and Pardee and boy, you know Heisman Trophy winners, great offenses, and, all that. and and you look how big the city is, and it's like. To me, Joe, it's like, okay, with Texas no you leaving, it's kind of the whole, you know, pinnacle thing is up for grabs. Who wants to be the bell cow in right. the new Big 12? But could you make a case for Houston? And I don't know, maybe that puts more pressure on Dana this year. I don't know. No, no, that's, that's a good point. And we actually brought that up to Dana uh, at the press conference this week about with those two schools leaving, who sort of yeah. takes the baton? You know, who's that team now? Right. From a from a size standpoint, no one else in the Big Twelve can match Houston. I mean, it's fourth largest city in the country. They're in a hot recruiting bed, but you gotta win. So you look at uh, you you would have thought at one point maybe it was Baylor, and Baylor sort of dropped off. Yeah, uh, is it Oklahoma State? You know, yeah. is it one of the is it Kansas State? You know what they're doing? TCU, so TCU, yeah, TCU. Right? So I mean, it, I I think really it's uh, in the right. way that the, the the way that the seasons played out uh, this this year. Uh, I think it's anybody, and and I think that'll be interesting to see what happens. Is it Colorado coming in next year or Arizona State? And there's there's a Utah. lot of uncertainty over, yeah. over stuff because you don't you don't know uh, how this thing's going to completely look when it's all said and done. You know, in basketball, for instance, if they go out and get Gonzaga, I mean, you've already got the preseason number one. You've got the number seven. You've got Texas at what are they fifteen or so, and then you have eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, this is you know for this season. Uh, this is about as as strong on the basketball side as as the you know the Big Twelve has you know been like just like last year, but football there's a little bit eh, we have to figure out who who are going to be the players moving forward. Yeah, it's a killer basketball league. Mm-hmm. Last one for me, Joe. Um, can they can they make this close? Can they win this game? Can they upset Texas? Because if they do that, Dana can run for mayor next week. Yeah, um, you know I I just I don't see it said and 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 I. And it's not so much an indictment on everything that that they would do wrong. I think just Texas is a much better team. The the areas that Texas excels are where Houston has trouble. The size element, the, the trenches, that 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 right there in the in the front on the offensive line and defensive line. That 
that could be a problem. Uh, I don't. The biggest fear, I think, if you're a Houston fan or administrator, is that you're not competitive in this game, and then you just get completely blown out. You give up sixty points, and and how does that look? Just because you waited so long and you want to have a good showing, I think they could keep it competitive for a while. I just, I just don't think that they that the problems that they had against TCU and Texas Tech are now going to be tenfold. Uh, in terms of second half and being worn down, so I mean, I could I could see this thing getting out of hand and being up thirty plus. I mean, so I think it's twenty two point uh, line right now. I I, mean, I could see that you know being being thirty and and Texas covering. Yeah, well, I think I think a big key. Matt Golden's another transfer. Uh, yeah. Where did he come from? Well, he was a high school signee. He was committed. Okay. He was from the Klein here in town, but he was committed to TCU. I got so you. He was, okay. and he He's was a got- guy. Kick returns for touchdowns, right? Two kickoff returns leads the nation, and the other one, and you won't see him, but you know Houston was able to get Mikael Harrison Pilot from Temple. He was the big receiver. His dad was a linebacker here. He was committed uh, to uh, well, no, he was looking at several schools, and he ended up coming to Houston. He's a four star. And then Jonah Wilson was the kid who was committed to Texas. He's the wide receiver. He won't play. Uh, they're they're looking to redshirt those guys, but you know Dana's gotten three four-star guys in this last class. And then the big one was Alton McCaskill. They thought that he'd be the guy in the backfield this year. They lose him to, to Colorado. So that sort of changed things up, but it also gave a guy like Parker Jenkins a chance to, to break into the the lineup this year. Yeah, that's, that's been big. I think really, like you said, the turnovers, they got to play turnover free. Golden's got to, return a kickoff and and I really think they should go make the Hail Mary their base offense, you know, every series. Even a bunch throw, of other people. Throw at least <laughs> throw at least we asked uh, Sarka this week about it. And he, he said he's one and one. He he did one at USC and he got victimized once at USC. And so uh I think they're practicing that every day for like two hour their Hail Mary defense, I think. Right, and you saw what you know what Oklahoma could do against Texas if you get some early turnovers, and and how that can you know change. So, I mean, I look at this uh, back in 2016. Lamar Jackson came to town, and Louisville was number three, and, and you know that was a Thursday night game. And first play of the game, opening kickoff, Louisville fumbles, Texas, uh, Houston scores, and it's like a 30 point lead before you That's know right. it. I yep. don't think we, we see anything quite like that, but that just shows how you can sort of change the the dynamics if you can get an early, early, uh, maybe confidence boost, or if you get a few yeah. turnovers and, but you got to score on those turnovers. So that's, uh, okay. that'll be key for Houston on, on Saturday. And, and lastly, you said the press box really cold. Yeah. Bring, uh, bring your parka and everything. Uh, but I'm more interested. I got to know what's going on with my Bastrop Bears. I, you know, I, I have a direct line to the school now. I guess maybe when you get old enough and you, 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 learn some names and people think you're you're legit in the sports writing world <laughs> or something but we we've got and i and i say we because you know I, i'm a bear we've got a, a, a tw- i think a freshman quarterback who already has an offer from oregon and we've got Ooh. a sophomore defensive tackle who's got texas georgia tennessee and houston offers already so my bears are looking pretty good they beat kerrville in a big upset a few weeks ago uh and then hammered, you know, we don't even look at Cedar Creek. I mean, they say that's like a cross cross town rival. That's cross county. We don't we don't care about Cedar Creek. Um, but I, I'm been really impressed with my Bears the, the last. Hey, few we're, weeks. we're still waiting for your last Bear, Alfred Collins, to make a a big. Spot. Yeah, you know, I, I saw him on TV in the Red River game, and you know, yeah, that's 
to get to get to pass deflection like every. He's a big boy. He's a big guy. So, but uh, but no, at someday you know Taylor will get the 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 nerve to to get back in the district with us and play and. You know, we play Puddo, so I don't, I don't know why don't we don't play it. Taylor. You know, Elgin, Smithfield, nobody wants to play Taylor, you know. Yeah, why would they? I mean, they're scared. We intimidate a lot of people. You do. Quack, Man. quack. Is that, is that it? Yeah, because you see a duck and you go running. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I think Oregon I'd rather duck. fight a duck than a bear. Oregon duck's pretty good. Come on, dude. Well, you Come know on. what they say, Kirk? If, uh, if a duck comes after you, you just play dead and it might not attack. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, it'll be a, uh, it'll be a fun game, and uh, at least for us in the press box, it'll be fun. And um, we'll try to roll out the the Houston hospitality for you. How about uh, that French's fried chicken? How about yes, that, sir? Brody? How about that? Just for <laughs> you, you bring you bring some uh, some kolaches from um, Ellinger, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll we'll provide the Frenchies. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Man, great visit with you, man. We can't wait to see you, buddy. Good to My see you brother guys. From another You're mother, the best. always You're the a best. pleasure. We will see you in the press box on Saturday, Texas at Houston, three o'clock. Uh, the football game will be fine, but the press box will be a party. It's always joy. Appreciate yes, sir. You, Thanks for having me on guys. See you, Joseph. See you guys. On second thought. Duck, always great to chop it up with Joseph Duarte, former beat writer for the Texas Longhorns for the Houston Chronicles. So he he knows that program um, like the back of his hand. So it's kind of cool to have both sides of the perspective this week before a really big game after the bye week. Yeah, and I love it. He's professional. You know, Joe's not a homer. You know, no. some, some college football writers, you run into that. But Joe's. Always been, you know, very professional, very sharp, and uh, he calls it like he sees it. You know, it's like he he's worried that, you know, Texas may hit sixty points. So, uh, <laughs> and I think it's possible. I, I think it's you know because you know they they want to unleash some OU frustration, and uh, Houston's the next team up. So I, I think I think Texas will probably come out smoking, don't you? Yeah, I do I do, and uh, they're better. Uh, they're 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 healthy. They they've had two weeks to get ready. Uh, the the banged up guys are feeling better. Everybody but Cole Hudson practiced on uh, Monday. Uh, we talked to Sark uh, later on today, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think Texas is going to probably put up forty. The question is, can Houston score on the Longhorn defense and? Um, I just don't know that they're going to be able to, to score as much. They're going to have to do something in special teams to make things interesting. I could see a 45-10 type game here. It just – I like this Texas team's focus. You know, there have been so many years where we go, well, you just don't know what you're going to get each Saturday. And I feel like they've kind of crossed that line, you know. that Yeah, they lost in a classic. They lost no, the classic. They yeah. did not choke that game away. No, uh, I didn't like the prevent defense. Uh, I'll be no, the first to say different. that. But uh, yeah. they didn't choke that game away. They they lost to a team that that's if Texas doesn't win the Big Twelve, then Oklahoma is going to win the Big Twelve. Those are the two best teams in the conference, no question. They've got a maturity about this team, and and I see that in Quinn. You know, he's he's very serious guy and. They've got some really strong leaders, you know, like Jade Barron and Jalen Ford and 
you know, Christian Jones, who we love, you know, they, they've really got some good character people on this team and, and uh, you know, yeah, anybody can beat anybody, but I just don't think they'll get slipped up on, you know, I think uh, they'll come out with uh, some very serious business intentions on Saturday. You saw that look in Steve Sarkeesian's face. He's not panicking. He knows what no, he's he doing. He they're healthy. They're pretty healthy. Yeah. Their quarterback is playing better and better. And the defense uh, had had a tough day against Oklahoma at times, but they're not facing that kind of weaponry this weekend. And their goals, like they say, they still control their goals. Yeah, you know, if they win out, they'll 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 be in Arlington. They'll have a chance to probably uh, get some revenge on Oklahoma. So, but uh, yeah, it's still all ahead of them, and that's what makes it still a fascinating season. And can't wait to be- get there. I know you're headed up a day early to see. See Brother Rodney, and I'm coming up the day of with Daniel Davis in tow. But we are going to give you the the blow blah blow from Robertson Stadium, just like we always do. Check out our stuff on hook'em.com. That's going to do it for episode 313 of On Second Thought. Big thanks to Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle for joining us. For Kirk Bowles, the duck, I'm said golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.